We're going to look at a passage of scripture today that uh, I think is so fitting for our world today. It it, it says basically this, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And, And is there any question about the influence of evil today? I, I, I mean, we, we live in a world where, where n- national leaders are assassinated, where there's wars and rumors of war, where there's, there's craziness all around us. We, in, in our country, there's this, this undercurrent, this massive, this pervasive racism. There's, there's massive, significant inflation. There, there's, there's mistrust in leadership. Some people look at our leaders and we see scandal after scandal after scandal after scandal or, or rogueness or incompetence-ness. I made that word up. We see all of these things in our national and international leaders and, and the way we have to look at it, the way we have to, is there some kind of influence that is contrary to godliness. Uh, I think the Apostle Paul would call it evil. Not evil in the sense of the red-suited, tailed, horned guy. But the enemy, for sure, is influence in systems, in thought processes, in ideas, in, in the way the world exists and functions together. We, we, we see the presence of evil in church. You, you read about or you see on television or, or you hear about pastor after pastor after pastor falling and doing crazy, stupid, foolish things. You hear about people deconstructing their faith Say, I don't believe this anymore. I don't believe this anymore. I don't believe this anymore. How could this be true? You read about, or you hear about, or you notice church after church after church closing. The influence of evil make the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. It's almost like the Apostle Paul is saying to us, look at, because the days are evil, there's greater opportunity. Or, or because the days are evil, you better capture, grab onto, hold onto, own every opportunity that ever comes your way because the days are evil. Or maybe it's both. Because the days are evil, there's greater opportunity. Because the days are evil, you better grab every opportunity you can get. Here's what Paul's saying. Grab the opportunity. Let God be glorified in you. The presence of evil. The presence of distractedness, which would be another way of referring to evil. The presence of harassment. The presence of excessive distraction. I'm always intrigued by how we characterize evil. Mass shootings, absolutely. Rampant pornography, absolutely. Child sex slavery, Absolutely. Crazy poverty. Absolutely. But I'm pretty convinced that the enemy doesn't need all of that. 
to get people off target. He just needs us to be busy. He just needs us to be wealthy, caught up taking care of all of our stuff. He just needs us focused on anything other than godliness. Making the most of every opportunity because, because the days are evil. You don't, have, you don't have to look out there too far. You don't have to look around us too far. You can look right in your homes. The marriages that are hanging by a thread or the marriages where, that are hanging by a thread and someone's cutting it or the marriages that you are in your home and you realize it's a loveless place full of activity but no love. In our homes where our teenagers are in at excessive rates, taking their lives. Make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Where there's identity crisis of young people all around us wondering who they are or what they are. This should not surprise us, by the way. Jesus said it this way, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. There is a door of opportunity in the midst of evil. God provides an open door of opportunity in the midst of evil. He always has. Make the most of it. But what happens with us? We're so distracted, so caught up. We, we, we are so caught up looking at all of the evil that we can't see the opportunity. We can't see what God would really like to do in the midst of the darkness. He, we can't see because we're not lighting candles. We're caught up. The church hides. The church lives fearful. The church lives Oh my goodness, how awful are they? And God uses this phrase, Jesus uses this phrase, or the Apostle Paul, you redeem the time, make the most of every opportunity. This making the most of it. In the old King James Version of the Bible, it says redeem the time. You know basically what it means? Buy back the opportunity, pay for it, own it. Make sure it's yours. That in the midst of evil, because it's so evil, own the opportunities church. Own the opportunities, men. Own the opportunities, ladies. Teens who love Christ, own the opportunity. Make the most of it. Make it yours. Say, I am, I'm going to be and strive to be everything that God wants me to be. The the word, the Greek word, I'm going to try it. Ex og or adzo. Ex or ex og orazo. I don't know how to pronounce it. I can read it though. It sounds a lot like to me. Exaggerate the moment, redeem it, buy it, purchase it, set the moment free. God has given us a door of opportunity. He's opened a door of opportunity for every one of us in the midst of evil. 
He always has. Make the most of it. Let's, let's read the passage. It, it's found in Ephesians chapter... Oh, by the way, by the way, did, you know Romans 8.28, right? This, this door of opportunity, this, this ability of God to in the midst of evil, in the midst of darkness, listen, listen to this passage. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose in all things. In, in your marriage... With your teens, with your finances, in your churches, in our government, in our world, God has the capacity and the desire and the ability to provide an open door of opportunity so we can make the most of it. So that he can take the meaning of whatever's going on in our lives and transform it into something good. Here's, here's the question. And this will roll through the whole thing. Can you trust that? Or are you going to get stuck? Can you trust God enough that no matter what's going on in your life, your marriage, your finances, your health, can you trust God enough to be watching for the opportunity? To know that he has the capacity, the ability, the desire to make everything good? Or are you going to just get stuck in the midst of the evil days? Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to start reading at verse 8. We're going to take a running uh, uh, path towards the passage we're going to look at. And then we're going to go just a little bit beyond the passage we're going to look at. And I'm going to look at the same passage next week. And uh, because we're going to read God's word today. And for those of you on campuses or in your homes, in your living rooms. If you're driving, you get a pass on this one. Could we stand in honor of God as we read his word? Ephesians chapter 5 starting at verse 8. For you, the, the, the you here is for those of us who follow Jesus Christ. I know some of you are still thinking about the possibility that you maybe might surrender to Christ. This would be anticipatory for you. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. You, you might want to underline that. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The, 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 just grab onto that passage, and this is what we're going we're gonna to read this, this passage. But, but it's almost like in this next couple sentences, God's like saying to us, wake up. Yes, it's evil, but there's opportunity. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are 
Be filled with the Spirit, speaking in one another in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. God, please speak to us today. For the glory of your name and the good of our neighbors. Help us to be church. Amen. You may be seated. In the midst of evil days, God is always working. In the midst of evil days, he is always opening a door of opportunity. In the midst of evil days, we get to remember that we are God's workmanship. We are his handiwork. We are God's craftsmanship. We, those of us who follow Jesus, are a piece of work. God is shaping us into the very image of his son. And maybe the present evil days have a greater capacity of opportunity for us as Christ followers than we realize. So what I'd like to do this morning is give us three make the most of, opportunity, of the opportunity actions. Three make the most of the opportunity actions. And, and we're going to just consistently be asking God to help us notice the open door. Here, here's the first action. I heard this all the time when I was a kid. Paul, pay attention. Right? It, 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 point number one is pay attention. Pay attention. First grade. Second grade, third grade. I had a massive crush on third grade. Uh, when she said, Paul, pay attention, yeah, for sure. Uh, fourth grade, not so much. It, pay attention. But, but here's the catch. Paul's not saying pay attention to everything out there. Some of us do that already way too much. He's saying pay attention to how you live in the midst of all of that. He's saying pay attention to how you walk. Pay attention to what goes on inside your heart in the midst of all of the evil days. Are you seeing the opportunity that God has given you or are you just seeing the evil? Here, here's the passage. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Be very careful then how you live. Give care and exercise to how you live. Pay attention to how you live. Some of us, the truth is, we just go in day in and day out, just doing what we've always done. We'd never actually examine. We never lay down at night and say, Father, what pleased you about my day today? What concerned you about the way I lived today? Father, what would you call sin in the way I walked today? Ephesians 5.15 in New American Standard Version uses that phrase. So then be careful how you walk because the days are evil. Pay attention. Don't let your life exist spiritually with inattentiveness. Because you know what happens when things are inattentive. When you're inattentive. Bonnie and I have been gone from our home for a while. And our neighbors, we thought, uh, they're here this morning. We thought they would weed our gardens for us. <laughs> Apparently not. Uh, our gardens are a mess. 
And poor Bonnie has had to be slaving out there for the last several days. <laughs> Weeding them, I helped, I don't. Uh, but who knew that if you just neglect a thing, weeds grow up like that. Like picker bushes, like small trees. It's been we- just a couple weeks and we got little maple trees and, and pine trees. And, and we, we, have, we have stuff that looks like it's from Yugoslavia. I have no, I, I, don't, I just picked that name. If you're Yugoslavian, don't be offended. I have no idea what those weeds are. They're just like not supposed to be there. But that's what happens in our hearts and minds when we don't pay attention, when we're not careful how we walk. Weeds of worry. Weeds of fear. Trees of despondency take root in your life. Anger. And rage when all you're focused on is what's going on out there, not what's going on in here. Lust, slothfulness, covetousness, greed. When you're looking, when we look at what's going on out there and the horrors and the horrible and the lack of godliness, and we don't focus on, like, 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 I'm not saying we shouldn't pay attention out, out there. I'm not saying we shouldn't do something about that. But the work, the, the initial work of making a difference starts here in our heart. He says, pay attention. Don't miss the opportunity by inattentive living. You know, I've often wondered how the enemy works with us in America here. Like, I I went to Ethiopia and I saw the enemy in horrible ways in one image. A man chained to a tree, frothing at the mouth. Demonic. But I think here in America, maybe because we think we're intellectually better, I, I don't know. I think here the enemy dresses up nicely. Maybe, no offense if you're a banker, but maybe he works as a banker's or an advertising agent. Something to get us off focus. And the enemy works with distraction and busyness and pressures and harassments and ungodly opportunities that pull us away from paying attention you know, I, I don't know, it, it, I, I like the, New America, the way New American Standard says, pay attention to how you walk. Walk, walking's kind of simple, right? I mean, at, at first it's a little complicated, but it, after, you, after you get used to it, most of us can do it relatively easy, right? We just walk. You, walking is really just two things. It's the first step and the second step. First step, second step. Just repeat it over and over and over until you get to the destination. First step, second step. Walking is relatively simple. Spiritual walking is very similar. Step away from that which you should step away from. Step towards that to which you should step towards. Step away from that which you should step away from. Step towards that which God would want you to step towards. Step away from the darkness. Step into the light. Step away from the darkness. Step into the light. Step away from the darkness. Step into the light. Walking is relatively just step away from your old life. 
step into the new life, step away from your old life, step into your new life, step away, step into, step away, step in, step away. To pay attention. When you, when you evaluate your life tonight, maybe look at, in what ways am I stepping toward darkness? In what ways am I walking in the things of my old life? To pay attention. Here's the second action. And the second action is all helping us capture this opportunity because God has opened a door of opportunity. In the midst of evil, he always has. He always will. Make the most of it. Here's the second action we can take to help us make the most of it. The first one is pay attention. The second is seek wisdom. Seek wisdom. Listen to this way the Apostle Paul writes this. Be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Here's one of the things that, that happens. Is some of us have so much knowledge about things. Like we actually think we are brilliant, some of us. And, and the truth is, some of you are. That doesn't mean you're wise. Matter of fact, some of us are so brilliant, it is damaged our ability to be wise because we think knowledge is the deal. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge in a godly way to your life. Wisdom is the ability to apply knowledge in a godly way to your life. Paul says, be wise, not unwise. Let me finish the passage. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish. But understand what the Lord's will is. Foolish could, could be, don't, don't, don't be stupid. I know we're not supposed to use that word. It's here in my notes. Someone else defined it that way. Don't be senseless. Don't live without reflection or paying attention or intelligence. Don't act rashly. Seek wisdom. Seek the kind of things that are going to help you make great decisions. I mean, think of finances, right? And, and you have this, I, I think through the years, if I hadn't been married to Bonnie, I would have been broke, like, my whole life. I would have invested in these, this next great thing that was going to come along, and I would have bought drills in western North Dakota that no one ever used, and I would have done all this stuff. I would have bought land, I would have bought, right? I, I would have had to sell each of my children just to pay for all my dreams, but those would have been acting rashly without wisdom. Some of you are in the midst of marriage crisis right now. And you're thinking, I, I got to fix this tomorrow. My lawyer says, my banker says, some of you are in a panic with your children because they're starting to express themselves this way or this way. Seek wisdom. Seek wisdom from God's word. Seek wisdom from wise counsel. Seek wisdom from prayer and the Holy Spirit. L let me just read several passages here for us. Psalm 119. How can a person, young man, stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. Okay, just a, just a tip. That's not just for young people. That's established the pattern when you're young. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. Is that your habit? 
When you're seeking wisdom, like if you look at, if you take inventory of who counsels you in the back recesses of your mind, is it your friend at work who says, look at what you ought to do with her? <laughs> Trade her in. Get a new one. I, I, my truck or my wife? Your wife, of course. Your husband is a loser. You'll find a thousand people that will remind you of that. Maybe there's something of God that would speak differently. Proverbs 9, 10, 11. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. For through wisdom your days will be many and years will be added to your life. Psalm 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. But as for you, 2 Timothy... As for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it and how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every amazing opportunity in the midst of evil days. Seek wisdom. Paul's second step is seek wisdom. Here's a quick question. Just, I don't want to... Like if we would put a scale here and, and here was starvation. In the middle was moderately well fed. And on the end would be feasting. Starvation, moderately well-fed, feasting. By the way, this scale is in your sermon notes. If you, in your appetite and diet of God's word. In your diet of God's word, are you starving? Because here's what will happen if you're on a starvation diet, spiritually, of God's word. You'll just make your own decisions. You make foolish decisions. You make rash decisions. You won't be wise. You look back and decide, ah, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done that. Starvation, moderately well-fed, or feasting. Wisdom just doesn't come from Oprah or Dr. Phil or Kelly Clarkson, or Steve Jobs, or Bill Gates. Wisdom, at least according to the scripture, that includes the fear of the Lord, comes from God. Because God has opened the door of opportunity in the midst of evil. He always has. He's inviting us to make the most of it. We need his wisdom on how. Pay attention to your life. Seek wisdom. Here's the third. And this third one we're going to look at again next week. Be empowered. Be empowered. Here's one of the things I noticed about my own life. It, it, it says be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
be empowered. I don't have the capacity in of myself to live the life that I want to live. Have you noticed that in your own life? I really, I'm more and more aware I can't in my own strength. I was never meant to live in my own strength. I was meant to live filled with the Holy Spirit empowering me in my inner being to be who God dreams of me being. Let me tell you a quick story. The people of Israel had been enslaved for 400 years in Egypt. Right? They, they, they had been enslaved and, and this current generation, God raised up a leader called Moses. And Moses wanted to help set the people free, wanted to be the deliverer with God's power and strength. And God sent 10 plagues, 10 horrible things to convince the Egyptians to let them go. The final one being the death of everybody's firstborn, except for those who lived their lives under the blood of the Lamb. For 400 years, and then finally they're set free. They go marching through the desert, and they come to this big body of water, and they decide to camp there. Now they have seen God do the miraculous over and over and over and over again. They see it, and there's about a million or more of them who have left Egypt. They're standing, camping at the Red Sea. Some seventh grade boy in the back looks behind them and says, look, the Egyptian army is coming. And the fear starts to rumble through the whole camp because they can see the dust of the horses of the finest chariots in the world coming down on them. And they start to panic and they turn to Moses. What? There wasn't enough graves in Egypt? You're going to bury us out here? It was a Jewish thing. Right? And, and, and we, we'd be better off being slaves. And they go on and on and on and on. The evil is advancing. We would have been better off just laying down in it back home. Look, look, my marriage is falling apart. Look, my finances are falling apart. Look, our government is falling apart. You can see the dust of the advancing armies. And fear begins to take over. Inattentiveness to our own life, looking at everything out there. Making decisions on our own. Moses answers the people. Do not be afraid. Pay attention. Do not be afraid. Stand firm in the wisdom of who God is. You will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Do not be afraid. Stand firm. And you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring. There's a new tomorrow coming for you. If you'll begin to pay attention to your life. Seek his wisdom. And be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. You know what's interesting to me? We already looked at it in Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, the Apostle Paul writes, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives his names. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. So we think of the Holy Spirit as flashy and all kinds of pizzazz. 
The Holy Spirit is more about fruit and power in your inner being, the transformation of your life, not just the flash of your life. Strengthening you with power through your inner being so that no matter what's happening out there, you can stand firm. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. God has opened a door of opportunity in the midst of evil days. He always has. Make the most of it. But Pastor, I don't know how. I don't know what to... Pay attention to your inner life. Seek his wisdom. Be empowered. Be empowered. 